Hey guys, it's Sammy and Robbie back again to tell you about another upcoming con. And we're super excited about this one. Mm-hmm. It's another Indiana one. This one is Pop Con, Indie Pop Con to be exact. And it's going to be in Indianapolis, again at the Convention Center. Indiana Convention Center. Right in downtown Indianapolis. And Robbie will be there April 26th through the 28th. Yes. We were just at the Indiana Comic-Con, so if you missed us, Mm -hmm. you get a chance to meet us again Mm -hmm. at PopCon. Yes. Well, at least Robbie. At least me. Ashley will be there. Oh, yeah. Ashley will be there. That's an exciting thing. Ashley will be there, so you get to meet a lot of us on the network. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two-thirds. Two-thirds of it, yes. Mm -hmm. So, if you're coming to the show, please stop by the Limitless Broadcasting booth. Mm -hmm. We're always excited to see you. All right. Oh, my God. Well, I guess we'll see you guys at the show. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, it's Ashley and Sammy from the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. If you love Disney, you should come join the fun on our weekly show. Our podcast is family-friendly and talking about all things Disney. Whether you go to the parks or just love binging Disney+, Plus, we are the podcast for you. So grab your Pixie Dust, think happy thoughts, and join us on your favorite podcasting platform. Check out LimitlessBroadcasting.com and aim for the second star on the right and straight on till you land on the Pixie Dust Twins podcast. Your whole life can change in an instant. About 50 million adults in the United States have chronic pain. And because of a car accident, Robbie is one of them. In their marriage vows, Robbie and Sammy promise to stand by one another and provide strength when needed. And lately, they've been facing some of their biggest challenges. Join them as they share the ups and downs of living with chronic pain. Welcome to the Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Sammy. And I'm Robert. And today is kind of a bonus episode that we did not have planned. So welcome. Yeah. Yeah. It's a extension a little bit on the Dope Six series, I guess you could say. We got some comments. A comment. A comment that we wanted to address. Mm-hmm. And so that's why Sammy is going to take it away. Mm-hmm. Yes. So we did get a comment review on Apple Podcasts and just wanted to formally address the yeah, comment. Respond. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's a good way. Formally address it. All right. So let's just dive into it. This person on Apple Podcasts who left us one review, I quoted some of the review so we could talk about it and respond to it. The first part of the comment said, hello, Sammy and Robbie. I've followed your story for some time now. I enjoy the cast. I tried other ways to contact you, but there are none that I could find. Apparently you haven't been looking that hard because- I wanted to start there, exactly. Every time we- talk about our show or open the show you say follow us on instagram follow us on our website also i believe our closer talks about limitless broadcasting and we have a website we yeah also always mention that we have instagram we give you a way to get in contact with us the business 
everything. We've talked about the fact that we have TikTok. Also, how did Phil find you? He found me on Facebook. So, yeah, just just throwing that out there that I I didn't really understand that entire thing about we tried to you this person tried to reach out to us and could not find another way other than leaving a long comment on Apple Podcasts. Which and, and thank you for tearing down a rating. We had over I, five a five. Yes. I have a comment on that. We will be addressing the rating. And that rating plummeted our We will be addressing that, don't worry. So I appreciate that. I have a note about that. So we will be addressing that. Secondly, the other thing that stuck out to me about this first part is I enjoy the cast. So first of all, we're not a cast. We're two real fucking people. And I don't know what the fuck you're talking about because this is not made up things. Now, yes, the Dope Six series was a little bit different. We did some research into it and we're talking about it, but... Yeah, we're we're not like hired right. people. We're not a cast. I guess technically maybe you could say that, but this that, that real seems strange to me because story. Yeah. This is our real life, what's going on. Yeah, like we're real people doing this. So that kind of seemed odd to me too. Anyway, so moving on. The next part of the comment says, and I didn't copy the entire comment, so these are little excerpts that I specifically went to reference. I am compelled to contact you regarding the latest cast and your discussion around the TV show Dope Sick. Please do not fall for that anti-pain management hit piece. Okay. It is pure hyper-sensationalized, hyperbolic, cherry-picked half-truths. Beth Macy is trying to blame all that is wrong in the world, especially Appalachia, on Oxycontin and Purdue. She blames addiction in America on Purdue. This is severely non-science reductionist claim. And my question is based on what, where are you getting this from? Like we literally did not just read and watch Dope Sick. Yeah. We, we frequently referenced other things in my very first show. I included some references I had used. I did not just use one Reference, reference run source. Dope Sick. It's called Dope Sick because it inspired us to do the series, but I read a lot of different sources to come to all of the conclusions and statements that we made. And again, obviously all of this stuff is our opinions too on what we agree and don't agree with. And I didn't understand this entire thing either. Because like where where are you getting this from? What is your basis for this? Like we said, we're not attorneys. This is our real life. Yeah. I mean, we we blatantly tell you guys this is what's going on with us, our story, mm-hmm. and to consult doctors, attorneys. Mm-hmm. I, what, we, we will get into that. Don't worry. I have I have that too. So this we're on the same page. Robbie doesn't have the show notes because I kind of threw this together last night in a fit of rage. So yeah. All right, moving on the to the next part of the lovely review that was left especially considering the problem with Appalachia has been has been severe poverty lack of non-backbreaking jobs and no health care when people feel this malaise and hopelessness it can lead to mental health the mental health issue of addiction I will get more into this specific comment a little bit later in the show but just FYI one of the the key things too that we have frequently said is that I believe anyone who's suffering from addiction problems should have resources and help and not be just criminalized multiple times. We've had this conversation on here too, by the way. 
And yeah, I just, and I literally, I'll, I'll come back to this comment with a little bit more in a minute. The main advisors are a special interest group called Prop, headed by the most evil pain profiteer, Andrew Kolodny. I think that's how you say his name. He is the reason why we have the term opioid epidemic. Okay. He is part of the addiction industry and is trying to gain market share from pain management. He has never treated a patient for pain, yet his policy suggestions about how to treat pain are treated like an expert expert suggestions. He has gotten paid to be an expert witness in the opioid litigations. First of all... Where's your source on that, number one? And I, I don't... This has been, and I have seen this in other, when I tried to look into this, this entire idea of the anti-opioid movement, I have a question. How are they profiting off of limiting opioids? I don't understand that. I can tell you how Purdue profited from pushing opioids on people who should not have been on them, which was the whole point of this series. I don't understand how this guy would get I mean, being in litigations, yes, which first of all, I don't know if you've ever looked into any sort of law court system information, but if there's an expert witness, they're paid to be there. That's a thing. So it's not just him. Any court case with an expert witness pays the expert witness to be there. Right. So I don't understand the relevance of that. That's not just special to Andrew at all. Right. That's a thing. Secondly, I was curious because I had never heard of Andrew Kaladny. So I looked him up. So he is a vocal advocate for cautious prescriptions, prescribing of opioids. While he is not against opioid use for treating pain at the end of life, intermittently, or right after surgery, he is against the way doctors have been prescribing them for chronic pain. He said, we still prescribe more than any other country in the world, which is true. Yes. If you look at the statistics, which I'm sure you think I just made up or everybody made up, which is fine. You can think that. So I was curious about some of the people that are against Andrew, you know, who's out there being a vocal adversary. So the first one I found was Cindy Steinberg. Cindy is, as Kalani described her, a professional pain patient who works for the opioid industry going back to the American Pain Foundation. So the American Pain Foundation was an advocacy organization for people with chronic pain. In 2012, a US Senate Finance Committee investigation revealed that the foundation was taking money from Purdue Pharma and other opioid makers. I think we talked about. Yeah, we did. I think we talked about this for a reason. The investigation also uncovered that the APF was playing down the risks associated with opioid painkillers while exaggerating the benefits, according to a 2012 ProPublica article. Following the investigation, the foundation was shut down. APF? Yeah, the American Pain Foundation. Sorry, just an abbreviation separating it out (laughs) over and over again. So there's right there, number one. But I don't, I'm sure you think that's bullshit, but that's fine. This, This is just facts that I found on the internet. There's also an organization called Don't Punish Pain Rally Organization, which seems to be very vocal against Andrew Claudney, from what I can see. This is ran by Claudia Morandi, who's a founder of the organization. She's a retired court reporter and self-published author from Rhode Island. 
So she's not a medical professional at all. Just to okay. say, she's not a medical professional. She does have severe Crohn's disease. So she knows firsthand the challenges a, pain, a person with pain encounters when trying to obtain adequate pain management. So I believe her. That, that sucks, having Crohn's disease. I understand that. So I'm sure that's been hard for her. So in 2017, she created the Don't Punish Pain Rally Organization, focusing on organizing protests and rallies throughout the country for people with pain who could no longer access pain management due to the horrific, this is from their website, not my words, horrific 2016 CDC opioid prescribing guidelines. Claudia remains vigilant in bringing awareness to the anti-opioid crusaders who are profiting off Again, profiting. I don't know what they're profiting from. We're profiting off the overdosing epidemic. Was she talking about like doctors? I don't know who's profiting from not prescribing opioids. I'm not sure. I I can't understand this exactly. But, you know, I know the CDC guidelines were a very big deal when they were released. It was a whole giant thing that the, the guidelines had been updated and changed. So I'm very familiar with the CDC guidelines since... I'm a pharmacist, in case you missed that in the one show I think you listened to based off of your comments, not the complete series, but it's okay. I agree there are doctors out there who take the CDC guidelines and misinterpret or manipulate them, which again, if you actually listened to our series, you would know back when Robbie had his first dumbass neck surgery, which was a disaster. The doctors gave him three days worth of opioid pain management, three days worth of pills for his surgery that they sent him home the same day. All of this Which is a bunch was a of, clusterfuck. Exactly. Now to deal with it, the pain pills they gave him was Percocet, and he was had not been on a dose that strong. He had been on like hydrocodone, I think, at that point. And made me sick. He was having trouble taking it. He was literally like about to throw up all the time when I was giving it to him. And of course, we were struggling with him being in pain. So I tried to contact them and say he's having some issues. Could we get something less strong for it? And maybe you could just take the the opioid, uh, the Percocet if it got really bad, but trying to get some sort of help. And they said, oh, the guidelines said we can't do that. And I am a pharmacist once again. I knew that that was bullshit and they were not following the guidelines truly as they were laid out because that's not what they said at all. And they were not listening and hence the downward spiral of not only Robbie yelling at them on the phone, but me yelling at them on the phone, yelling at the lawyers about the doctors. It was a thing. Yes, they were terrible, but don't worry. I also pulled up the guidelines and save them. So let's let's look at some highlights from the CDC guidelines themselves. You know, just to refresh everybody. All right. So the CDC developed and published the guideline for prescribing opioids for chronic pain uh, to provide recommendations for the prescribing of opioid pain management for patients 18 and older in primary care settings. Okay. So basically there were three main focus areas in the guidelines to determine when to initiate or continue opioids for chronic pain, number one, the selection, dosage, duration, follow-up, and then maybe discontinuation if needed, and then to assess the risk and address harms of opioid use to make sure basically patients are informed of what they're getting into. 
If opioids are used, they should be used in combination with non-pharmacological therapy. You went to therapy. Yeah, physical therapy. Yeah. It's like, what's the word I'm trying to look for? Physical therapy. Doing things like that. Exercise, finding other ways that help with your pain management. Weight loss, in some cases, not always, not saying always, but sometimes that can help with some of your pain issues, getting some core muscles, getting more strength in there. There are other things you can do to help with it. Right. And also using non-opioid pharmacological therapy. So that's ibuprofen, Tylenol. Things like that that help use lidocaine patches, right? Things like that that are not opioids, and that's all to be used in combination. Integrated pain management requires coordination of medical, psychological, and social aspects of healthcare, and includes primary care, mental health care, and specialist services when needed. I think that's very important to look at that. Your doctor should be making sure that you're not only physically okay, are you mentally okay? How are you doing? Are you suicidal? Are you depressed? All of this should also be evaluated. It's very important when you're looking for doctors and pain management help. Just saying, that's in the guidelines right there. If your doctor doesn't do it or you feel like the doctors out there aren't doing it, you're not going to the right doctors. It's time to fire that doctor. And I'm sure, I'm not saying they're easy to find, but I'm just saying, hello, okay. Before starting opioid therapy for chronic pain, clinicians should establish treatment goals with all patients, including realistic goals for pain and function, and should consider how the therapy will be discontinued if the benefit does not outweigh the risks. Again, that's key. That doesn't mean you have to stop the therapy or everyone has to stop it just because. That means you should look at you individually, each patient individually, and have that conversation with their doctor. Clinicians should continue opioid therapy only if there is clinically meaningful improvement in pain and function that outweighs the risk to safety. These are all key things that you should be talking about with your doctor. And when starting therapy for chronic pains, pain for chronic pain, doctors should prescribe immediate release opioids instead of extended release, like oxycotton. Again, this was kind of the whole point of what we were talking about. And I had data on this that there's no big difference, and you should start with the shorter acting medication to help manage your pain more effectively. You are on a short acting medication not a long acting. Sometimes they're seen in combination down the line, but to start, that's how you should do it. And if patients do not experience improvements in pain and function at 90 MME a day, so that's looking at how many milligrams basically morphine you're taking, morphine equivalents a day. There's a calculation and table you can look at. When we pull you up on eForce, which is the Florida monitoring website, and I'm assuming all of the states are like this, but It'll give us how many you're taking per day as far as the the milligram, you know. So that's just a way for doctors to kind of see where they're at in the range. So if the pain and function is at or greater than 90 MME a day, or if there are escalating dosage requirements, then doctors should discuss other approaches to pain management with the patient and consider working with patients to taper opioids to a lower dose or to... that are discontinuing them altogether and looking maybe into a pain specialist. Pain management doctors are not the best. Not always, no. But again, this is more like primary care. So when you go to a pain doctor, they're going to be using all of this, but they would be more appropriate to continue the therapy than your regular doctor. Or if you have a surgery, they're going to give you a temporary supply. And if you need to continue it, you should see a pain specialist. Correct. That's kind of the whole point of most of this. 
And for patients agreeing to taper to lower doses, and as well as those patients who want to remain on their high opioid doses, clinicians should establish goals with the patient for continued therapy and maximize pain treatment, again, with that non-pharmacological and and, uh, non-opioid therapy as appropriate. See, again, all of that's in here. Clinicians should prescribe the lowest effective dose of the immediate release opioids and should prescribe no greater quantity than needed for the expected duration of pain that's severe enough to require opioids. Three days or less will often be sufficient. More than seven days will rarely be needed. So this was the big thing that came out where they were saying, and a lot of insurance companies kind of jumped on the bandwagon with blocking you if you were getting a prescription for more than seven days, then they required to talk to the doctor and whatnot. This was the big thing. I think that everyone got kind of pissed about and started misinterpreting. Robbie got three days after his surgery, which was not enough. And it wasn't working because he was having trouble taking it. The seven day thing, the, the three to seven day thing, this is like... You go to the dentist and maybe you have some like more major dental work done. Not like you got a tooth pulled, but I'm talking about like something more severe done, maybe like a root canal or something. So they give you some opioids, maybe like hydrocodone for a couple of days. This is what they're talking about. You don't need a month's worth of hydrocodone for that treatment. You just need a couple of days worth. That's, this is what this is. You know, you had some injury that maybe does require a few days of a little bit more pain management, and then you can taper down. That's what this is talking about. In most cases of acute pain not related to surgery or trauma, a less than three-day supply will be sufficient. Again, surgery, trauma, that's when you look at the greater day supply. And in your case, it was that was my point. It was it like was major freaking, surgery and you weren't even able to tolerate the medicine they gave and they were like, but then they just dropped you they went down to trim at all which is just bullshit and it just the whole thing pissed me off that's just it was completely it was unethical what they did. Yes, as a medical and this is my point. These company. first of all are guidelines they're not laws. It's not a law. This is guidelines from the CDC for safe prescribing just throwing that out there and again if you look at this most of it says. This is what you should look at and refer to a pain specialist when you're getting into these foggy areas of needing it for a long period of time because they are better equipped to handle it than your regular doctors. Hello. Okay. Also, I saw in some of these anti the opioid people that were against like androclotin and all that. I saw them talking about naloxone, which you have. It's the spray that you give when someone overdoses. Okay. It's that little, the little nasal spray that helps revive them. Okay. Where people were like, I don't understand why the pharmacy's trying to get me to buy this. And the doctor told me I need naloxone. Like they're offended by this. Because what if you do overdose? Yes. You have it on, it's for your family. What if you accidentally take, take more medicine take than much. you realized? You forgot you took your dose and you take an extra dose. Or for some reason, your body decides to have a reaction to it. Or you combine it with something you and now you need some help. There is nothing that should be stigmatized about naloxone. You want to die right there, bro? It's good to have just in case. No one is judging you for this. It, I think it's, I have it at the house. It's a safety thing. Everybody knows how to get a hold of it just in case I exactly. accidentally it overdose. It saves lives. This is not just for those people that you see on the streets who need to be revived because they overdose on heroin. 
you don't know what may or may not happen. You may have a kid who gets into your medicine and takes one of your oxycodones. Guess what? You're going to need that. Just, I just want to add that in there when I saw that, because it kind of bothered me that people were like offended by that. You should not be offended. So <sighs> those are the CDC guidelines. And obviously I did not read the entire thing to you because it was very long, but highlights from the CDC. Continuing with our lovely review, our reviewer said, referring to Kalatni, everything he and his co-conspirators have done, have done, have given us a total disaster for the past 10 years since we have enacted draconian anti-pain policies, folding healthcare into the drug war. We have only seen consistent yearly record-breaking overdoses that have nothing to do with legitimately prescribed opioids. It is all illicit. First of all, what the fuck? Where is your data? Where did you get this shit from? That people with legitimate opioids do not ever overdose on them. Maybe by accident. Maybe the dose is wrong for them. Maybe they were put on Oxycontin and now they take more than they should be taking because it's not working. The fuck is this coming from? You know what you did now, reviewer? You done fucked up. You pissed off Sammy. You did really piss me off because there, I don't understand this entire statement that you just made. You can think that and that's fine, but you cannot tell me that people are legitimate. This motherfucker sitting next to me was blatantly taking more than he should have been for a period of time. And I knew it and he knew it. And there was a lot of discussion and arguing about this. But my doctors told me to do it. I, and I understand. That's why said, I was doing it. But that was a legitimate opioid and you can't tell me that he couldn't have been one pill away from overdosing and needing that naloxone absolutely he had a prescription for it continuing on our reviewer said it's a lot of data to go through here i would like to connect with y'all in some way to discuss this further first of all you could have actually contacted us in another way you're being lazy there and you were being lazy to post it yes on a review board. Yes, we would have. First, I want to say that before Sammy goes. <laughs> that kind of pissed me off I because agree. I'm trying to promote this show. We're trying to promote this and show. And help people. And help people along the way. And you dropped our review down. And it, yes. it, it hangers our reach of people. Yes. So thank you for that. Exactly. Because you could have actually reached out to us in those other ways that we discussed. And we may have even invited you on the show. Because other people with other opinions, it's interesting if they're educated, have their facts, whatever. I mean, to hear what other people have to say about it, if it's done in a smart and respectful way, which I don't feel like this is respectful, but, you know, I'm just saying, if you had legitimately reached out to us, and I double-checked, and there were no emails and no Instagram comments that I could find on anything or Instagram messages about this. So you literally just didn't do anything but go and... Leave us that one star fucking review, which is rude. Absolutely. Also, as I've already mentioned, I don't believe that you've actually been listening to the show in its entirety. Now, granted, there's more than like one episode out, so I get it. But I just don't think that's true because you would know about Robbie taking opioid medication for his pain and how we've said referring actually even to the cdc guidelines that we don't think it's really working for him we don't think it's the best option for him we would like to explore other options get him off of it but we have said opioids may be what works for you and doesn't work for me 
I'm actually in the process right now of getting off opioids. Exactly. And you need to make your own decision, have your own doctor, have your own conversation with your doctor, be informed yourself, do your own research. We've always said that. Yes. Over and over again. And the Dope Stick series was about what Purdue Pharma did, which was marketing Oxycontin for chronic pain sufferers. And not only for that, people were getting it for fucking, I broke my arm yesterday. That is bullshit. It is bullshit. And that's what they were aiming for, to make money off of this. That's what the Dope Sick series was for. We were specifically referring to the shady shit that they were doing. And you are not going to convince me that it was not shady what they were up to. You know what? I would still like to invite you on the show. I don't know if I can handle it. You might have to go by yourself. No, I would need you there, but I would like to hear your point. This is our response to your comment. Mm -hmm. If you have the balls enough to write it, do you have the balls enough to come on the show? And actually reach out to us legitimately. Legitimately. Not through this. I have another point, too, I wanted to reference back for the Appalachia comment about the poverty and whatnot in there. I had an entire episode where we were talking about that and the start of opioid epidemic, heroin epidemic, and why, because those people had less access to healthcare. They were not being treated correctly. I referenced all of this in an episode. And if you had actually waited for the whole fucking series to come out, you might've been able to listen to everything we discussed instead of leaving your comment after the first episode came out, which was mostly an introduction into what we'd be discussing. Just wanna say, you didn't wait till all the five episodes came out. You did this after the first one. I didn't know that. I didn't. I looked at the date. Fuck you for that. And here's the big one on this. Everybody is entitled to their opinion and what they believe and what they see as facts. And that's fine. You do you. But guess what? This is our show. Us. We made it. We discuss on it. We talk on it. It's us. We created the show. Okay? Right. So what we say, which again, we've always said, this is our opinion. This is the research that we came up with. This is what we believe. We've constantly, whenever we've talked about medical things, I've said, you need to talk to your own doctors, make your own decisions, whatnot, because we're not providing you strict medical advice. Exactly. This we're not doctors. Our, our fucking real lives and our fucking real show. And if you're not interested in the series, then just don't listen to it. Because you know what I do when I'm listening to podcasts and I'm like, I don't care about that guest or the topic. I don't listen to it. I don't go out and give them one star reviews and say, I didn't like your topic. Like, who does that? Like, what is wrong with people? People with too much time on their hands. Clearly. So if you don't want to listen to the series or you don't agree, that's fine. And if you actually had a valid opinion, again, you could have reached out to us many ways and said, hey, I would love to come on and discuss other options with you. Because we have different people reach out to us to come on the show. But I'm not generally, no offense to you if you've reached out to us, but not always interested in the the guests that they're trying to hawk. Some of it just feels like a giant ad for their yeah. business. And I don't want to do that because right. unless it's something like Dr. Thomas, we truly believe in him and truly believe if you're in Orlando and you have issues to see him. That's right. one thing we made that opinion. He would have never asked us in a million years to have him on the show and promote him or anything. We believed in him and wanted to talk to him. That's a different thing. I don't, I don't buy I'm just, I don't buy into you randomly emailed us and you're in New York and you want us to have you on the show. I'm sorry. Right. We don't know you. So yeah, again, in the future, 
just skip the episodes you don't want to listen to and maybe go back and actually listen to the show and remember we are not a cast right we're people sorry this is not our typical show but we wanted to address this because yes. it it stirred up the wrong note it hit us mm-hmm. on the wrong note it annoyed me to no end we we had some other shows we're working on robbie wants to do one about nausea which that's coming soon he's still working on got some things going on yeah personally so we got a a little backed up this one is like literally i was like let's just go to do this real quick and i can edit it and put it out there but he will he's working on the. i will contribute to the nausea one but he is he wanted to do that specifically i am considering expanding a little bit about what we talk about we just had a conversation about it i had a different podcast sling and pills to pay the bills which was pharmacy based. However, I quit that job as I've stated on here. And I now work for specialty pharmacy, which actually I see a lot more patients who are in pain and discomfort with different issues going on, like multiple sclerosis, chronic migraines is a big one, you know, think Crohn's disease. I meeting people, not meeting, but, you know, talking to people, knowing more about these drugs. So I I think I'm going to expand out what we've been talking about a little bit and start to do some short series on those diseases too. And those illnesses and chronic things that people suffering from, you know, those different issues I have to go through. And I thought that might be fun to, uh, fun. I don't know. Interesting. We'll say interesting. Cause it doesn't sound like fun. Anymore, no, but it sounds really not. terrible. And I feel bad when I have to talk to patients about what they're suffering and what they're going through. So I think we might add that into the show. So if you don't like people with multiple sclerosis, you can skip those episodes. And if you actually have a review, a real review, please please go to our podcast, go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, leave us a good review and a good rating because this show helps people. We're trying to. And if you have an issue, like we have already spoken with Phil who has adrenal issues, And that's something I know about, but don't know about. So I'm actually in my head, that's on my list of things to do some more research on because we definitely want to have him on the show to talk about it. That's something I want to look a little bit more into. So I'm a little more educated for our conversation. But if you have MS or Crohn's disease or chronic migraines, it's something like that, that we're kind of going to dive into. You can reach out to us too on Instagram or Facebook. Just or saying. Instagram. Instagram is probably the best way to to do it. Some people have emailed us, right? But Robbie is kind of terrible. Sometimes at checking emails, so yeah. I would suggest Instagram. Instagram is better. I'm yes. terrible at emails, so that's my fault. But if you Instagram it really me, is. I'll I, I'll pretty much hit you back. Sometimes. So. Sometimes, sometimes he still kind of fails at at doing it. So if you legitimately would like to talk to us about something, please do that, and don't just give us some shitty review. To try and I don't know what the point was actually get our attention. Ruin I guess it show. worked. You you got our attention and you did fucked with our ratings. So thank you for that. I tried to delete it, but no, you can't do that. So no. if you I mean, actually do listen to this episode, if you could go back and delete that, that would be great. That proved it all proved that you're not such a dick. Yeah, because right now it just seemed very rude to me to do that. And again, there are multiple ways to contact us and. None of those were attempted, and it just really annoys me to pretend like you did when you know you didn't. It's offensive. 
All right. Well, I really hope you enjoyed this. Sorry, it's like a bit show. of a rant. This is a bit <laughs> of a rant episode. I'm very familiar with this on Pixie Dust Twins. Don't really do this over here. So, <laughs> but this has been a fun episode, actually. I've enjoyed a little it. episode. Yeah, just so, to throw please, that out there. Please continue to listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Please support us. Mm-hmm. Like, subscribe. Please. More is on the way. Yes, as we said, working on it. Plenty of ideas and maybe a new show maybe it's in the works that we're discussing something that is not fun something is more fun not that this i enjoy having conversations with you but But to be honest it's yeah this is a difficult serious topic yes we're talking about opioids and pain management and the stuff we struggle through with our marriage and our lives and and whatnot and i told him i thought it might be fun for us to do another show together that was a little more lighthearted. Yeah. Something that we can actually have fun with. Yeah. So that we can kind of, it will be separate from this and we won't impact this. We'll still be doing this show. Absolutely. So don't worry. This will still, but something that maybe we can get together and chat and not be sad at the end of it. Right. Because <laughs> we just talked about how terrible it is <laughs> to live with chronic pain and chronic issues. Hopefully not every episode that you guys listen to, you're sad at the end of it. Yeah. I don't think so. There's a lot of fun banter and stuff between right. us, but yeah, it's the heavy topics a lot of times. So I just thought maybe we could mix it up because I have so much fun when I do my show with Ashley because it's lighthearted. Right. You know, it's Disney and, and fun. And there's, you know, not a lot of heavy things that we talk about topic wise. And we spend a lot of time talking about heavy topics. So right. I thought it might be fun to throw some, a new thing in there, a new mix it up. I guess that's what I want to say. Yep. Yeah. Where can you find us? Well, you can find me at Robert 1950 Studios or Limitless Broadcasting. Yes. On Instagram. On Instagram. Also, the Painful Truth podcast on Instagram is just for this show. And I am at the Sam Lamb. And as always, I will spell it out for you. It's at T H E S A M period A period L A M at the Sam Lamb. Still the same. Still the same. Yes, you can definitely message us on there or comment on a photo, whatever you want to do if you'd like to get in contact with us. There are other ways to get a hold of us. Yes. Thank you for to the true fans that stuck this one out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank and you. Please keep continuing to listen to the show. Yes, and don't be a fuckwad. Thank you. And have a good one. Until next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Painful Truth of Living with Chronic Pain with Robbie and Sammy. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to the Limitless Podcast Network's own channel, Instagram, and all things social media. And we'll see you all real soon.